here we are season two and we're back just like that like we've never been gone we know you've been waiting all summer all pandemic all corona all racial unrest all you know <laughs> we know you've been waiting you know, and the people are here they are but we bless god with everything we have in us that we've right. mm-hmm. been safe that we have been protected that we have made it through the first part of the wilderness i'm not sure if we, we made it where we're going next yeah 39 more years to go <laughs> well hello guys people i'm cg and it is dj back on your earphones and if you're new here, we are your hosts for Holy as Hell, this podcast where we talk about faith, religion, Black culture, all the things that make our church experience or our non-church experience what it is. And maybe, you know, you need a refresher us to remember, like, what this podcast is about. Maybe you don't remember. I, I know. I forgot. But, you know, this podcast is for people who find themselves outside the traditional lanes of Christianity or church, you know, you might be the top. You might, you might, you know, have like the, as my grandmother say, have a little sip and pray. She likes to read her Bible and sip wine, which, you know, but me a Tennessee in, in scripture, but whatever fits your own prerogative, you know, you might be one of those cussing Christians they talk about <laughs> me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so if you find yourselves out of the lanes of traditional Christianity or what you or what has been imposed on you as the dominant form of Christianity. This podcast is for you to sit back, listen, laugh, but also interrogate the scripture right. with a glass of Tennessee. So we always want to uh, hear from you and engage with you. So if you have questions, feel free to engage us on our social media at Holy as Hell Pie. You can find us on Facebook. Um, you can find us on Twitter. So engage with us, laugh with us, cuss with us, and pray with us. Yes, and share the podcast too because you may get saved and somebody else may need to as well. We are here to liberate the people of God from all the antiquated ways of believing and seeking faith. So you are welcome. We really mean come as you are. Absolutely. And a, a, a look back at first season, we really talked about and we focused on um, uh, the first five books of the Bible. And we talk about the first five books of the Bible because, you know, known as the Torah, the Pentateuch, because those books set the foundation for like so much of what we say we believe and what we say we depend on. Um, this season, however, we've shifted our focus entirely. We've listened to you, we've gotten your feedback, and we're diving head first um, into one of the, uh, to the Mike Todd of church uh, liturgy. You named him. <laughs> Why not? So we're jumping right head first into relationships. So this season is totally dedicated to relationships. So what does the Bible actually say about relationships? How do we read the story of Ruth and Boaz? What about the Samaritan woman and all her husbands? Were Jonathan and David in love with each other? How should Hosea treat his wife? Ooh, we gotta talk about Hagar and Sarah, because that dysfunction. Entanglements. <laughs> Saul and David. And then lastly, Jesus and the disciples, because the disciples are always tripping on Jesus. Always. I mean, they literally spend 
the latter, all of the books, like acting like they don't know who Jesus is. And I don't know about you, but I have friends who who forget who I am every day and act like I won't act up. Mm. But that's beside the point. The Bible is or is not a template for what relationships should look like. Not relationships. It's not. And we'll talk talk about that too, because you guys made it a bestseller. But so we'll talk about relationships are complicated they're intimate they're sometimes dangerous mm-hmm. and we need to really look at what the bible says about relationships those are that romantic those are that are friendships and those are that are just situationships mm-hmm. and so what does the bible say what does the bible not say and what does it mean for us those people who are trying to live by the bible who are trying who do believe scripture is authority but also just have like real ass questions and so if you have questions about relationships, or better yet, if you have suggestions on relationships in the Bible that you think are interesting, or you want to dive into more, hit us up, let us know, and we'll dive in. Mm-hmm. Here's a sneak preview of the first episode. So, <clears throat> for today, for our first relationship, uh, and we picked this one, it was really important to start off with this one. Whatever. Because of everything that's going on. Um, so our first hood Bible story, we're going to ask you to open up to the book of Ruth. I know some of y'all don't know where that is. And that's fine because depending on your Bible, Ruth might be in different places. But go to your index and find Ruth and whatever. So basically, Ruth starts with basically five characters. You got uh, homie Elimelech. You got Naomi. Um, they're married. And so Elimelech and Naomi, they have two sons whose names like, aren't really important, you know, because um, they end up dying. But besides the point, they're married to two women named Orpah and Ruth. And those are the homies, not Oprah, it's like Orpah, right? Um, but basically COVID hits and Naomi loses her two sons uh, and her husband. So homie, Naomi is like, damn, well, I'm going to have to go back home to like Judah. So she tells... Uh, her daughter-in-laws, Orpah and Ruth, she was like, yo, y'all niggas need to bounce because um, I can't feed y'all. Y'all need to go back home, like call Nana or somebody to come pick y'all up, but I ain't really got it. So Orpah was like, bet, and she rolled her ass back home. But Ruth was like, basically, I mean, she was like, auntie, I'm going where you go. So if you're going somewhere, I'm going to be with you. Like, I want, I can't, I like your people, so I'm going to just roll with them. I, I'm going to roll with your God, too, by the way, if you didn't know, or some shit like that. So Ruth was being faithful. And I don't know if I would have been the same because a homie would have been gone, but that ain't me. So anyway, uh, Ruth and Naomi are thugging it, chilling, you know, grinding, hustling on these streets of ancient, the ancient Near East. Uh, but these niggas ain't have no food. And it's time for the barely harvest. And this is where like niggas go and like pick barley, which I guess is a thing. But yeah, I don't really know what that is. But they go and do it. And so Ruth is like, all right, I'm going to go and get some grain from this field. So she goes to the field to get the grain. But it turns out that she went to a field from a rich-ass nigga named Boaz. And she didn't know who this nigga was. But he was hella rich because he had his own field. But she didn't know that Boaz was actually her cousin of Elimelech, who was Naomi's husband. All right, keep up. So cousin Boaz is in the field and he sees Ruth and he's like, damn, she cute. She, she bad. Where's she at? So he's like, 
he started asking the streets about it. He was like, yo, y'all know this new chicken town called Ruth? And the streets was like, yeah, we know Ruth. Ruth loyal, she faithful, da da da. So he was like, bet. He told his workers, basically, she could have all the barley she wanted to have. And they were like, cool. So anyway, so Ruth go back home and tell Naomi, she was like, damn, look at all this barley I got. Look at me, I'm balling in barley. And so Naomi was like, oh, shoot, Boaz, I know that homie. That's what's his name, uh, Kinsman. She was like, bet. So she told Ruth to d- delete her Tinder profile and to go hit up Boaz at the threshing floor, which I guess was like this little carpet that niggas be laying on at night in they field. Mad random, but I don't know. So anyway, she goes to freshen up. She told her to go prepare herself. Mm-hmm. Go, and uh, she said, when you get to Boaz, I want you to uncover that man's feet, and I want you to lay next to him while he sleep. So Ruth is like that. So Ruth get up, you know, clean herself up, no, no, no. She creeps up. She, you know, she has her Fenty on. She has on her Victoria's mm-hmm. Secret. She's humming wop. And mm-hmm. then Boaz wakes up. And he's like, damn, Ruth, why are you, like, rubbing on my feet? Like, what's going on? He was like, I, you know, I just got them done. I, I keep myself up. She was like, don't worry about all that. She was like, I want you to put your robe over me. Mm-hmm. And Boaz is like, who, me? She was like, yeah, you. <laughs> um, basically, this is like a sign of, like, you know, being a spouse because Boaz is her zaddy. I mean, her uh, redeeming kinsman. Mm-hmm. So basically, that's like the next male who should inherit all of Elimelech uh, BS. So Boaz is like, dang, Ruth, I didn't know you had it like that. And she was like, yeah, I chose you. But, you know, Boaz is a little older. You know, he's like a like a, an older gigolo or something. Mm-hmm. Like, like that man turning on Instagram. Ex- ex- exactly. <laughs> he exactly like that. He got the gray beard and the fedora hat. Like he's, he's a little older. So he told her, she was like, Ruth was like, I like you and I want you. He was like, oh, he was like, I want it too. Mm. He was like, yo, I got to let you know it's another kinsman redeemer, you know? So if he don't want you, I got you. And Ruth was like, bet. So the next day, uh, Boaz and the other nigga uh, kinsman redeemer meet at the city gate. And he says to Boaz, he was like, yo, I'm not really in a financial position to handle Ruth. You got to cut out. I got three other baby mamas. Like, I don't really have time to deal with all that. And Boaz was like, bet. Ruth is mine. I appreciate it. And these niggas lived happily ever after. So basically, both Ruth and Boaz got married. They had a baby. And that baby was going to be like the like great, 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 great granddaddy of Jesus or something like that. <laughs> they lived happily ever after. The end. The end. Well, thank you, DJ, as always, for your, your hood Bible stories. I feel like I understand the story so much more now. And I think we're ready for Sunday school. Please take me to Sunday school because I ain't been to church in a minute. <laughs> Well, let's go. Well, this is for all you girls and those who identify as female, who have been pink and promised, who've gone to a wives and training school, <laughs> who've been in every singles ministry. Let me tell you, people often like to start with the story of Ruth. And there's even a website, I kid you not, and it's waiting for your Boaz. Dot com. You're lying. I am serious. You can look it up right now. I'm going to right now. And it is focused on helping women wait and do wonderful things in their weight as they wait on their Boaz. 
And there's even this old parable that we often heard growing up about Ruth and Boaz. And it usually has some like type of start that's like Ruth patiently waited for her Boaz. So while you're waiting on your Boaz, don't settle for any of his relatives. His relatives are a broke ass, poet, lying ass, cheating ass, dumb ass, drunk ass, cheap ass, locked up ass, good for nothing ass, lazy ass, and especially his third cousin, and I thought this was really weird, being your ass. What? Yes, that was a new one. (laughs) It usually ends. Wait on your Boaz and make sure he respects your ass, which I I I tend to agree with most of that. Um, yeah, we don't want any of those relatives. But the question that comes up for those of us who don't just gloss over Ruth and get that she waited on Boaz is that did she actually wait? Or did the girl know what she was doing the entire time? So I'm a good Baptist minister preacher, so I have my three points to present and keep it short. Teach us, teach us. Let's, let's go. Point number one. Um, Ruth knew what she was doing from the jump. Ruth literally shoots her shot and gets Boaz. And we know this because she she literally tells Naomi at the time where she's ready to go and um, go into the fields. She says, let me go to the field and glean among the ears of grain behind someone in whose sight I might find favor. You know, Ruth lost her husband. She's in this foreign land. So Ruth understands economics. She understands what she needs to do. She needs to go find a new boo or someone that's going to take care of her and all her expenses. And Naomi agrees. She says, okay, girl, go on out there. So before even Boaz, like, finds her, sees her, Ruth is in the field, you know, with her makeup on, with her wig on, ready (laughs) to find husband. (laughs) So Ruth is out there. And so when she comes home to Naomi, and Naomi realizes that it's Boaz that has seen Ruth. Naomi comes up with a plan. So you know how like in <laughs> the Megan the Prophet's verse of Wap, it gets a little instructional. It does. Like, so it's like Cardi's part and then Megan's part. And she's like telling Cardi, like, this is how you do this. I even have the lyrics pulled up. I tell him where to put it, never tell him where it's about to be. I'll run down on him before I have him running me. Wow. So talk here, bite your lip, ask him for a car while you ride that. Wow. Right? It's very instructional. So I remember when the song first came out and all the super safe saints were like, oh no, WAP, oh no, that's so demeaning to women. How can you talk about yourselves in that way? Blah, blah, blah. And our, um, our other saints, our Bible scholar saints were like, what's y'all's problem with this? This is literally what the game is. <laughs> literally. It's, it it kind of retells Naomi and, and Ruth. Anyway, Naomi does the same thing for Ruth. She puts her own game. She says, look, this is what you need to do. Right. 
You used to go to his house. First, well, first, let me back it up. You used to go wash and anoint yourself. Get it ready. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she said, prepare. That kid, the part that Kevin was prepare yourself. I was prepare like, my God. yourself. Yeah, yeah. Put on your fashion Nova. <laughs> <laughs> And then go down to the threshing floor, right? Gives her all these instructions. And then the third part, and this is the fun part. This is the day in Old Testament where everybody's jaws were like, oh, we can't really talk about that. And our professor is like, well, that's that's one translation of it. Mm-hmm. So anytime you um, look closely at it, so there's, there are translations that say what Ruth did was just go to his floor and just sit cross-legged in front of him until he woke up. Then there are other translations in which the part where it says uncover his feet, feet is a euphemism for some other male part. Exactly. And, right. It is the B-A-D as Safari would say. I think it's important to mention here too was like feet it comes up a lot in the Old Testament mm-hmm. in regards to sex. Like, there were several instances of, like, taking off men's shoes and feet. So, yeah. Y'all, but, yeah. I, but either way, the girl did it. She went to work, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> however you read it, Ruth shows up and kind of, like, takes control of her destiny and her future and tells him, hey, marry me and what does he do marry her those are my three points but one of the other things that i think we miss with women especially in the bible where we have this story where ruth is like is the main protagonist and there are i think two or three other books where that is the case but we, we focus so much on the Ruth and Boaz of it that we miss the Ruth and Naomi of it. Yeah. And so Naomi tells Ruth, you know, girl, go back to your homeland. I, I have nothing for you. I don't know what my life is about to be. And But Ruth stays with her. And they, like, cultivate this relationship to the point where they both end up securing their futures. So Naomi is the great-grandmother of King David. Ruth's lineage is now written into this group of people. And Ruth was a Moabite. So in Deuteronomy, the Israelites weren't, weren't messing with them. And so thinking about how someone can still be included, like who can walk alongside the um, Israelites or these people of God, Ruth can. And I think it also, it shows us, you know, how we can also develop relationships with people who have other faith traditions too, and how deep and meaningful those relationships can be. Yeah. Like, I I think when I read Ruth, I think of, I had a friend who, you know, she's a Christian, but she married a Muslim. Mm -hmm. And they have a really strong relationship, you know. It was a scandal at the time. It was like, oh, you can't do that. And they're both like really solid in their faith, but they respect each other. They have like really deep conversations. They look at how their faiths intersect and overlap. 
and how they diverge and like it just you know it fights against the narrative that like we're so much different than everybody else or like we can't find similarities mm -hmm. and then Boaz, it literally was just like you know god ordained like god isn't even really mentioned in the book of Ruth. like mm -hmm. god is like not mentioned by name which i think other books mm -hmm. has one of the lowest references yeah but like what's still but like it still has this really huge theological implication because without Ruth like doing all of this, right, there is no King David. So there is no promise and there is no covenant and then there is no Jesus. So like we think about like, how do we, how, like, what does it mean? Like, what is fate? What's destiny? What is, you know, uh, will and divine will? What, is all, what does all that mean? Hey, all you holy rollers and you hell raisers out there. Thanks for listening to our season two preview episode. Um, if you like what you heard, then stay tuned because the first full length episode is coming very, very soon. In the meantime, make sure you're following us on social media. So that's holiest hell on Facebook at holiest hell on IG. You can send us your questions to askholiesthell at gmail.com. Thanks for hanging out with us.